0: I was actually invited um, to New Hope by my sister-in-law. My first time coming here was on Easter Sunday. I actually was going to the youth, Pastor Shawnee was the youth pastor. I've been coming to New Hope since it was at the Boys and Girls Club. My mom got me into church, and uh, that's basically how it started.
1: What brought me to New Hope was, it reminded me so much of home, much of the love is here, uh, a lot of the praise songs, a lot of events for many different peoples, multiple cultures.
2: I just love it. I'm more comfortable here. I've been through a lot of other churches, but this just seemed to pull my heart right in. I like the hope because my child has a place to go. And he likes it. I grew up here, and I just like coming here, so I just keep coming back. Because when I don't come here, I just feel lost. I believe it's a fellowship and uh the- yeah, just the friendship and the, the communication, and everything that we get to commune with. We get to, she's in the hula ministry, I'm serving in the prison ministry, so it's, it's really about, it, it has a family feel.
0: Learning, bettering myself, becoming a better person for my family, for myself. That's basically why I keep coming back. I like to learn. It's the love of God. Yeah. If it wasn't for Him, we wouldn't be here. It's the people, they're like weeds, they just
1: grow on you. As it's hard to walk away from them, and it, but it's easy to fall into,
0: you know, everybody is so loving over here.
2: To sum it all up, yes. And that's what we are, right? One big family.
0: where streams of grace flow
2: joy to see our hula sisters use their gifts to glorify God. And some people would wonder, why do you guys dance hula in church? Well, that's their way of saying my worship is unto you. That's their gift that they use for God. And you're going to see that throughout the day that many people use their gifts and talents to serve God. Uh, Some people can cook. Some people can eat. So we all work together to make these gifts work. Well, I want to welcome you today to our Easter service, but we're going to begin a new series today called It's Time. And we've said that title or that, those two words often, we've said it's time, uh, a couple, this is about a year and a half ago, I cannot remember exactly when, but my third grandchild was born and we got the call that said it's time for our uh, daughter-in-law to give birth. And so Heidi and I went up to the hospital and then we thought, you know, bring food. You know, it's like, I don't know, you, it's like a potluck, I guess, and you just when you go see babies. So you figure, you don't know how long they've been there or people have been there, so you bring food. Well, I brought up some manapuas and pork hash because it's easy to eat. You don't need forks or plates. You can just use it with your hand. And you get like the pork hash is like a side order. So, you, you, you know, the, ba- the palate is that much more uh, uh, broad. So I brought up these manapuas and pork hash. And when I got in there, I'm like, oh, good to see everybody. And I'm, I'm opening up the, the box. And the nurse there said, oh, it's time for her to give birth. I said, okay, go. Cool. Like... I, Oh, you can take her away, you know, wherever you got to go. She goes, no, it's time for her to give birth right now. And I, I'm thinking they're telling me that so that they can leave and letting me know they're going to go to another room. She goes, no, she's going to give birth now in this room. I'm like, I'll hurry up, eat then. So I'm like, push, push. You know, it's, it's, it's just, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't prepared for her to give birth at that time. And when we look at timing, some of us aren't the best people when it comes to timing. Some of us aren't good at scheduling or organization. And so when it comes to time, we're all over the place. Well, God could see in history the perfect time that he was going to send us Jesus Christ. See, God looked at the fullness of time and he said, here's a here's a." a portion in history that I, I would see that, okay, it's time for change. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about it's time for change, and that's what God came to bring. You can take out your bulletin with me, and in there are some notes that will help you to follow along, because God is going to help us to understand that when it comes time for change, everyone has the opportunity to become different for the better, and it only happens for those who choose to make the necessary changes in the various areas of life. And for those who want to succeed, they usually begin with the words, it's time. It's time to do things different. It's time to forgive. It's time to love. It's, it's time to put away my old ways. It's time for change. See, the death and resurrection of Jesus brought the greatest change you and I will ever experience. He brought that to us because of his love for us. That our encounter with Jesus and our life with Jesus has the potential to change our life for all of eternity. And it starts here on this earth. But some of us, we, we want our old ways sometimes. You know, we, we figure, ah, I, you know, I got my old ways. Can I, can I just come to church but still stay the same? Well, yeah, you can, but that's more like a religion, When you come into a relationship with Jesus, now that changes everything. See, religion is our attempt to please God, our attempt to reach God, man's attempt. That's religion. But relationship is God's attempt to reach man, and he did that through Jesus Christ. And because of that, because of God's love for us, Now we begin to understand that it's more of a relational love rather than just attendance. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ that really changes our hearts. Otherwise, we still have our old self attached to us. And God says, I have a better life for you. It's time for change. Some time ago, I checked uh, our dryer and I took out my clothes and it was... More of the lights. You know, you have some beige and some, some, uh, uh, some whites in there. And, and I noticed that there were pen marks on my clothes. And I said, Heidi, uh, try looking look at my clothes. There's pen marks on them. She goes, Ay, what's that from? I said, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't mark myself up before I, you know, washed the clothes. And I said, but you washed the clothes, didn't you? She goes, yes. I said, did you see any of it? She goes, no, I didn't see it. And then we found out there was a pen in the dryer. And Heidi said, oh, you left your pen in your pocket and it came out and it marked up all your clothes. And I said, what do you mean I left my pen? You, you wash the clothes. <laughs> now I'll let you think it through so that you can choose a side. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> but it's, I said, um, you wash the clothes though. She goes, yeah, but you left the pen in there. I said, but... But you, you had the clothes last, so can you just check the pockets? Couldn't you just check the pockets? Now you know where this is going. You had this fight before. I know you did. Probably this morning. That's why you're in church. <laughs> so she said, no, just can you just check your pockets before you put your clothes in the hamper? I said, yeah, sure, but can you just check the pockets before you wash the clothes? And she goes, so are you saying it's my fault? I said, no, I'm not saying it's your fault, but it's not mine. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I, said, so I said, okay, you know what, Heidi, Here, here's the deal. How about I wash my clothes and you wash yours? She goes, really? I said, yeah. You wash your clothes, I wash mine. She goes, okay. So the next time, I wash my clothes and I said, Heidi, w- why, why are there so many bubbles? And she goes, what? I said, how come so many suds, like it doesn't, are there supposed to be suds after it's done? And she goes, no. I said, how come there are so many suds? She goes, I don't know, you washed your clothes. I said, yeah, yeah but... It's not normally like this. She goes, what cup did you use? I said, the cup we normally use. She goes, wrong cup. I said, what do you mean wrong cup? She goes, yeah. Didn't you read the thing and how much you should put? I said, no. She goes, well, that's on you. You wash your own clothes. (laughs) So so I was thinking, so I said, how about we go back to the old ways? You know, back in the day when, when you used to wash clothes and I used to just throw them in the hamper and... And if pens are in there, ah, whatever. And so we went back to the old way that Heidi's washing clothes. And I got to make sure I don't have any pens in there. But here's just my disclaimer. It's just, it's just a disclaimer, Heidi. It's a small one. Because when you get money, she take them. <laughs> so I figure, if get one pen, do something about it, you know. But even, in, even in, just in, in those normal, you know, husband and wife kind of situations, there are, there are changes that we go through, even finances. Remember when you first got married, it was your money and it was his money or his money was your money and your money was well, your money. And you, you kind of had to figure out how are we going to do the finances. And so you went through changes or maybe even today you're saying, no, what he makes is his, what I make is mine and we keep things separate. And, but you still go through those changes. Uh, or when you get married, you, you, uh, I remember Heidi and I, she said, can you make rice? I said, yeah, sure, I can make rice. So I'm making the rice, and then she goes, well, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean, what am I doing? She goes, why are you sticking your hand in the thing? I said, I'm measuring. I, I measure with my finger. She goes, you measure what with your finger? I said, the water. You know, when you put the water, you just measure it with your finger. She goes, but what if our fingers are different with the line? And I said... I don't know, I wasn't taught that. I just was taught to measure them with the finger. She goes, use the cup, it's always accurate. I said, the cup? How much more dishes that is? One more dish. So, no need, just use your finger. So we even had to decide how we're going to make rice. So, you know, I'm the man of the house. So I said, you know what then, we're going to do them your way. Because <laughs> that way is the better way. And then it was sticky rice or firm rice. This is just rice. But when we get married, you have to go through those changes, don't you? When, you? when you have a new family, you go through those changes. It's like we look at life and we at one point or another we have to say, it's time for change. For some of us, we've been living a certain way so long that we're afraid of change. And then when we hear that God has a new life for us, we don't, we don't know what that's going to look like. So we're fearful. But Jesus Christ gave his life for us so that we would be we would have faith in him that he would have the best life for us that when he died for us it wasn't just so that our sins could be forgiven it was so that he can give us a brand new life Let's look at our notes you can take that out and Romans 6 excuse me, 5, 6 tells us this. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Galatians 4, 4 says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, and it continues, that God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, that... So that he could adopt us as his very own children. See, God sees everything. He knows everything. He knows the exact time in which we needed this change. Some time ago, Heidi and I were on this diet. You know, when you're in your teenage years, your diet is sodas and chips. You can survive off Oreo cookies and you're good to go. You don't gain weight. You burn it off waking up. So, you know, teenage years, we, we sometimes we go on diets, but we try our very best to maintain good health. And then in our 20s, we gain 10 pounds just by waking up. And then in our 30s, oh, okay, wait, hang on. My 30s, I got I to kind of get in shape now because, oh, I used to be, you know, I used to be tick, you know, walking around. But now I, I had abs. I get one ab now. So <laughs> in your 30s, you're like that. But in your 40s, in your 40s, you're thinking, okay, I got to do something because the doctor said this, this, and this, and this. And then you're 50s, you're like, eh, no need. No need. Give me my Spam back. Give me some bacon. Give me like 15 pounds of bacon. I'll just eat it sporadically. But I love bacon. So you go through those phases. Well, Heidi and I was in the phase of staying away from sweets. So no sweets, which is my kryptonite. That is my, my weakness, sweets. Like I will eat dessert before dinner. In fact, I won't even need dinner. No need. How nutritious is that? So we're at the mall, my son and I, Jordan, and we're walking around and there's this one place that just draws you in and it's called Cinnabon. Oh, you know the place. Now, Cinnabon is just, it's so, well, Cinnabon, you know, it's, it's just, they should just make the core, just the core and put like five of them around. So it's just the middle where it's just pure sugar and pure whatever the darkness is and, and the glaze, you know, that, that sugar glaze that just helps your heart beat faster and gets you to the doctor quicker. And I'm thinking, this is, this is so good. And we're walking past that. Well, I forgot I was on this no sweet kind of uh, thing. So... Jordan says, hey, dad, let's go get a Cinnabon. I said, shoot. So we stand in line and we've got the Cinnabon and we're sitting down and we're just eating. This is so good and you got to have milk or else you cannot swallow. So it's like I got to have milk with it. So we're eating this. And then Jordan looks up and he goes, dad, you're not supposed to be eating this. I said, why? He said, because you and mom, you guys are staying away from sweets. I'm like, that's right. That's right. But mom don't know not here, and he goes you're right eat and he looks at me he goes but god knows like, ah! which is true i mean i don't know if god cares that i'm eating cinnabon but he does care about my life he really cares that's why he sent us jesus christ he cares for us that much then whatever god wants in our life and asks us to do he models first and he sets himself as an example and gives us the power to follow his example. And all of us, we desire this change. We want a better job or we want uh, better finances. Uh, maybe we want our families to be a certain way or a relationship to be a certain way or, or better vision for my life. And so you're trying to think of all of these things and, and you're wondering if God even knows what's happening in our lives, in in your life. And he does. He knows everything that's happening. He cares that much about you and I. And that's why he said it's time for change. See, we all value change. But there is a difference between just changing and changing for the better. And we can change for the better because of what Jesus came to bring. Then we're going to look at three ways in how we can have this change in our lives by God. And here's the first thing, that Jesus came to show me God's love. That's what he came to do. He came to show us God's love. And when you and I can understand why Jesus came in the first place, then it kind of opens our hearts to him. And it's not about a religion or I have to now uh, live in in such a strict way that I can't do anything. No, here's what happens. When you understand Christ's love for you and you accept that and you are in this relationship with him, you won't have to worry about the things that we used to do or our old sinful nature. He helps us with that. He came to show us God's love. He came to show us what it was like to love one another. That's that's his example. That's his life. Remember when we were in elementary and, you know, someone would want to tell you that they're... That they liked you. They never went to you personally. They would send their friend. And then their friend would come up to you. "Um, My friend likes you. Uh, Okay. And what? Well, here's a letter from her. You got to check yes or no. (laughs) Well, right now? Yeah. Well, what friend? This one? (laughs) This this one right here? It's uh, kind of pressure right now, but i got to say no, whatever's then. And then they walk away. It's like the messenger was sent to tell you something important. And that's elementary school. Think about life, how important life is. That God saw all of us and he said, "Ah, I want to show you my love. And he sent us his one and only son. Let's read what John 3.16 tells us. We're going to read it together. It should be on the screen, or you can read from your notes. Let's read it together. Ready? Go. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. See, do you know how valuable you are to God? Do you know that he notices you? That you're not alone? Romans 5:8 tells us, "But God demonstrates His own love towards us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, He didn't wait for us to get good. He didn't wait for us to get our act together. He said, "Just come to me just as you are, and we'll work on that later. I just want to be with you. Yeah, but I have this habit. I have this sinful nature. I have these, these things that I do that I know is not pleasing to you, God. He says, it doesn't matter. I'm not concerned about where you've been or what you're doing. I'm concerned about where you're heading. So he sent us Jesus Christ so that we would know God's love. He sent us the perfect son of God who entered an imperfect world to love imperfect people so that we could love a perfect God. He took on our imperfections so that we could be made perfect in his sight. That's the exchange that Jesus took. Before Jesus was nailed to the cross, he asked the Father, he said, Can this cup of judgment be taken away from me? Yet not as I will, but your will be done. That was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember that, if you read that scripture? That Jesus said, If this cup of judgment can be taken away from me. And he said, "But, But your will be done, God. And Jesus took on our judgment in exchange for redemption. And God redeemed us through Jesus Christ. And because of the love of Jesus, because of the love that he brings, we have the potential to think different. He came to show us God's love. Here's the second thing, that Jesus died to give me a new life. New life, why why do I need a new life? I like my life now. I, I like how I live. I, I like the people I'm around. Well, just because you have a great life doesn't mean it cannot be better. It's like God created all of us for a specific life. And when we go off, off track or we stray away, God is saying, okay, you, you're not too far. However, I've created a wonderful life for you that you know not of. And that's why I came to give you a new life. When Jesus was betrayed by Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, Jesus was beaten. He was mocked and handed over to Pontius Pilate, the governor in the area of Judea in the Middle East, to be crucified. And so because of that, the religious leaders saw this and they said, well, he's not, he's not doing the things that a a king should. He's not the chosen one. He can't be because Why is he hanging around those sinners? Why is he hanging around the normal people? Well, it's because Jesus came to show us God's love, to give us a brand new life. And the religious leaders could not see this new life that Jesus offered. And so they crucified him. Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5, it says, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much... That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. See, our old nature can get the best of us, can't it? Our our moods change, our, our emotions change. It sometimes directs our lives if we're not careful. I asked Heidi one time, I said, how do you shop because Sometimes it's hard to find, you know, that gift for, for your spouse. You know, when you go shopping, you just may not know. But with Heidi, uh, when it comes to clothing, I said, how do you shop for clothing? She said, oh, it depends what mood I'm in. I said, so what does that mean? She goes, well, if I'm, if I'm feeling happy, I buy something specific that matches my mood. If I'm feeling uh, uh, a little on the, the boyish side, I'll buy jeans and a T-shirt. If I... If I'm not doing so well, then I'll buy something else. And I'm thinking, what if she went shopping angry? Like, what, what, what would she buy? Oh, uh, you guys have a gun store. Uh, what about some weapons? You guys have weapons, blowgun, something. But that's, that's how people shop sometimes. And even though we go through our mood changes, our emotional changes, what guides our life? What, what's going to guide us? Because for some, when mom comes home or dad comes home and the, the house is not clean, everyone goes into fear. Everyone feels the fear. And when mom is pulling up in the driveway, did we do the dishes? No. And they look at the sink, it's like, no. And everybody's scrambling to do the dishes, cleaning up. Just throw it in the closet. She won't even know. No, mom will know. She will know. So everyone, everyone's scattering because our emotions go up and down and we don't know how someone is going to react to us. And Jesus didn't come so that he could rescue us from our emotions. Oh, he helps with that. But he came to give us a new life so that we'll be directed by him, not our emotions or our circumstances. So we're going to go through seasons. And because of the death of Jesus Christ, we all have the potential to even behave differently. As the Bible tells us in Colossians 3, 7 through 10... You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn. To know your creator and become like him. He said those old ways, out with the old ways. There's a new way to live. When Heidi and I were dating, you know, we met. I was 7th grade, she was 8th grade. And so when we first started dating, you know how you're in the jealousy season. You're just jealous uh, because, you know... Heidi is so uh, outgoing, and I used to think that, well, why you got to be so friendly with that person? Why you got to hang around with that person? Why you got to be with that person? Well, they're all my cousins. Well, why you got to be with them then? What, what about me? And, and so we, we went through that phase, and, and I remember when we would, when I would want attention, I would just punch walls. Like when I would get mad, I would just punch walls and, and not clean it up, just kind of leave it bleeding. So she would ask. And then she would see my hand. Hey, what happened to your hand? I was mad. Well, what happened? You know, when we was, you know, from last night, we was fighting. And so what did you do? I was punching walls. Oh, let me see your hand. Oh, let me, let me help put ice on top. I take care. Of everything good. And oh, okay. oh so sorry. Oh, let's, let's, let's do better. Okay, let's do better. Now, that's like a long time ago. Imagine if I did that today. We've been married for 23 years, been together for 30 years. You think it's going to be the same? If I came home with bleeding hands, broken knuckles, and Heidi asked me, hey, what happened? And I said, oh, I was punching walls because uh, you made me mad. You think she's going to give me that kind of attention? What, what is she going to say? Yeah, good for you. That's, that's love. That is like love. It's, it's almost like they're saying, enough with the old ways. Time to grow up. Enough with the old ways. And that's what the Bible is saying. You cannot do it on your own. You need God's help because of our sinful nature. We're going to do the old things. So Jesus said, I came to give you a new life. And then the last thing that Jesus resurrected to give me eternal life. Not only did he come to give us a great life here on this earth, but he said, but I'm going to give you life for all of eternity That you're no longer going to be separated from me. You're going to have a relationship with me starting on this earth. Don't wait for the deathbed. I have a great life ahead for you. When Jesus was on the cross that Friday, almost 2,000 years ago, and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It shows us that he loved us even in our sin. Yet he still needed to die in our place so that we could have everlasting life. Otherwise, death would be the end of it and we would be eternally separated from God. But he brought us near through his death and then rose from the grave. As 1 Corinthians 15 tells us, O death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death and the law gives sin its power. But thank God... He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, some people would say, okay, 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 I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try Jesus Christ. I'll just try. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a shot. I'll see how it goes. Try saying that at the altar when you're getting married. When the, when the uh, person is doing the ceremony, oh, so... Uh, Sheldon, do you take Heidi to be your lawfully wedded wife from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, sickness and in health? I'll try. (laughs) Excuse me? Yeah, 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 I'll try. What do you mean you'll try? No, will you take her to be your lawfully wedded wife? I'll try. I'll go try. I'll go see how it is. It doesn't work that way in marriage. This is not shoes. I mean, you go to the store, you try on shoes. And you put it on you walk you're like oh this is good you try on basketball shoes you're like or you try on your high heels and you walk you're like oh how's my calves so you try on different things but you you're not this is life when it comes to Jesus Christ this is this is life uh the high heels I was referring to the women just yes, in case you was like huh but if you do well, that's between and I was thinking When it comes to life, eternal life, he wanted to make that that deal sealed by his name. Otherwise, as Romans 6.23 tells us, it's in your notes, for the wages of sin is death. And here's the good news, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, He gives that to us. He he paid for our past sins. He paid for our present sins. But you know what is even greater? He also paid for the sins that you and I will still do. He paid for that. What about the future sins way, way in the future? You know what? He paid for that too. Let's watch this.
1: Son of God was made in darkness. A battle in the grave, the war on death was waged. The power of
2: If there are colors to portray him, then I don't have them. You see, my creativity has not yet reached the point where it could adequately paint a picture of the greatness of my God. And my strength have not yet developed the ability to paint a qualified picture of the power of my God in my eyes. You see, my eyes can only see what is in front of me, limited by humanity, that it's difficult for me to see what he sees. If there are colors to portray him, then I don't have them. Our Father, who art in heaven, his grace is enough, his mercies are new every single morning, his wisdom, incalculable, he is able, honorable favorable. He is not the first or the last. He is the first and the last. He is not the beginning or the end. He is the beginning and the end. He seems so far yet so near. He's invisible yet knowable, higher yet relational. He is not transparent like watercolors to a canvas, but transcendent as living water for our soul. But if there were colors to portray him, then I don't have them. You see, last night he gave us a sunset, reminded us this morning that when the sun rose, that he is the creator of color. To the fatherless, he becomes their father. To the lonely, he becomes their friend. To the hurt, their healer. To the desperate, their hope. To the sinner, their redeemer. And to the prisoner, their freedom. To all, he becomes a savior who is worthy, so I use colors. He knocked on the door of my heart like a gentleman did not kick it in and capture my heart and soul and drew me in from a life of sin and death. He has won my affection from rebellion and forgave me of my sin and opened his arms so I could forever be with him to worship him and praise him and see him in living color for all eternity. His love covers me, strength encourages me, imagination guiding me, but if there are colors to portray him, then I don't have them, but when I do have, I use for him the one who gave us good news, and when the son of God was set in the ground, all oh, hope looked gone, but Just like the sunrise, he reminded us the morning that the sun rose from the grave, that he is no longer on the cross crucified, but he has risen up on high. For my God knew that the most brilliant sunset would just never do to show us the true love that he has for me and for you. So he sent us his one and only son, Jesus Christ, the image of the invisible God, the one who is the living word, created the greatest masterpiece that you and I will ever see you and me. He brought light from darkness order and life from chaos where one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess the glory and greatness of his name. In darkness he is your light for the blind he is your sight for the woe and the weary and those who had a horrible past he becomes a hopeful future by his might. We're thankful for his death, that he willingly took our place, that he persevered through death and the grave, and that he battled the enemy, and on the third day, he rose in victory. He is the promise of God. We praise him as the risen king, the one who saw that it was time for change, and that's why we sing. That's why we celebrate him as the king, waiting expectantly for the day he comes back for us as the eternal king who reigns. There are not enough colors for him because he created colors By his word, and by his word he sent us the word, and the word has a name, and his name is Jesus Christ, because joy is given to us, and peace is given to us, and love is given to us, and forgiveness is given to us. And if you ever wonder where you are in this life, it is one name and one name alone that is going to rise us up, and his name is Jesus Christ. We glorify his name forever and ever, for he is risen. the risen king you're the king of all you bow your heads with me as you stay standing lord we're so grateful that we can be here today to learn about your love for us this new life that you have for us and it's not just for this earth but it's for all of eternity you have given us hope far beyond the grave there may be some here this morning, you're saying, I, I've never given my life to Jesus Christ, so I don't know him yet. And some of you are saying, well, I know Jesus Christ, I just haven't been following him. And so I'm here today and I feel this tug on my heart. And that's his love, that's his spirit drawing you near to him. And if you're here today and with every head bowed and eyes closed, you're saying, I, I want to give Jesus my life, but I don't know how to. Well, I'm going to pray with you. Could you just lift a hand and I'm not going to ask you to do anything more. Just lift a hand. And you're saying, I want to give Jesus my heart today. Yeah, many of you. Yeah, God sees your hands. Yeah, you're just making a declaration to God that I, I want Jesus in my life. You're receiving his spirit, eternal life, a new life. Lord, I I pray over those that are lifting their hands right now, and I ask for your blessing over them. You can put your hands down. Some of us, we're believers. We follow Christ, or maybe we haven't for a while, and we've missed being a part of what God is doing. We miss being with other believers. And maybe today is your day that you're saying, I want to, it's time for change. That even as a Christian, we may not be doing something that's so far from God, but maybe you just don't feel near to God. And today is just your declaration, simply saying, Lord, I just want to be close to you. Nothing bad going on in my life. I just want to be closer to you. And if that's you, as a Christian, would you just lift your hands and you're saying, Lord, I want to be close to you. Draw me near. Yeah, all of us, Lord. Lord. Can put your hands down. Let's pray this prayer together, especially for those who are saying this for the very first time. And you're going to declare that Jesus is your Lord. But we're all going to say this together. Let's say this. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me. Dying on the cross, rising from the grave to give me a new life So I give my heart to you and my life to you in exchange for your life for me. Pray this in Jesus' name. Lord, that's our heart's cry today. Help us to be people who follow you, not necessarily rules or regulations, but as we follow you, as we love you, we can only love you because you first loved us. And so we pray for this day that it will be a change in the trajectory of our life that we will live different because of your resurrection power. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. And we all said, amen, amen.